Welcome to the Thriving Solopreneur Show, where you learn the stories and systems that have turned hardworking, self-employed business owners like yourself into highly successful, leisurely entrepreneurs. This show is dedicated to those who went into business for themselves because they had an idea or suggestion that ignited their passions to do more, to do it better, and to solve a problem in our community. Whether your business started in a basement, a garage, or at a kitchen table, this episode will bring to you a system, a tip, or an entrepreneur that has been where you are and can guide you to living the fulfilling life you desire for yourself. Here's your host and serial solopreneur, Janine Bolin. Hi, welcome back to The Thriving Solopreneur. Uh, This particular show, we highlight people who are not only business owners, but who started off a lot of times at kitchen tables in their dining room. This is how their businesses started. Everybody talks about the basement business, the garage business. (laughs) And basically, that's pretty much what has happened with a lot of the folks we have here. Today, we are lucky enough to have Suzanne Moore, who helps solopreneur women, basically, focus on bringing in revenue into their business, rather than playing, you know, that game, whack-a-mole with your to-do list. As one woman said to me, I have a to-do list and it's ever growing and ever present and ever, ever there. And it never seemed to get any accomplishments done. And so in order to prevent that kind of burnout, Suzanne's here to help us with that. And she left a six-figure corporate career. She was employed as a MBA in marketing and entrepreneurship. And not only did she have a lot of personal experience from living in the weeds of her own business, I like, I always love the way she writes, living in the weeds. Um, She also supports her clients, not only with strategy and marketing, but helps with technology, how to delegate things. And that all important thing, your mindset regarding your business. Her clients have described her as invaluable and a gentle butt kicker. I'm more like Thor. I'm a hammer. So you may want to really pay attention to Suzanne. She's a lot more gentle. She also has helped them unleash their vision, helped them run their uh, coaching businesses. So Suzanne is a founder of Hanover Area, the chapter of Polka Dot uh, Powerhouse and Women's Connection and a networking group. So she has a lot going on and she's also a wife to her husband, Kevin, and they are parents to two sons and a labradoodle daughter. They live on the South Shore of Massachusetts and her first book, Hang On Tight, happened to launch this month, September 2021. We got the pom-poms out. Congratulations, Suzanne. Thanks for being on the show with your first book. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here and, and, you know, to connect with your audience. It's awesome that you have so many different elements uh, going on regarding not only your business, but your first book. And I, I was lucky enough that Suzanne and I met and I was in desperate need of somebody to write the forward of my book and her book was coming out. And so it's been a delight working with you over the last several months as we got to know each other better. So let's talk about this wonderful book, Hang On Tight, because there's kind of three areas to business building. And these are true of anyone, but we really want to take it from the women's perspective, just because we have to deal with different mindsets than the guys do. And for the guys, we're going to talk about, you may not understand leadership quite the way that it is needed now that we're past 2020. And so we're going to describe it. So whether you're male, whether you're female, or whether your pronouns are they, them, we just want to let you know there are different mindsets depending upon those different perspectives. So let's talk about, you know, the number one thing with business, fear factor. Woohoo! Oh, yeah, the fear factor. Talk to us a little bit about some of the fears that you deal with with your clients. 
well, my clients, how about me? I mean, I, it's, it's not like I don't have them. Um, but you know, I, I see, I see a lot of consistencies and a lot of fears come up for people. I, I see a lot of, um, women, I, I primarily work with women. So that's, you know, what I usually talk about, but, um, but I don't think the guys are completely immune to this. Um, I see a lot of perfectionism, a lot of, well, I can't do X because I don't, I have not yet done Y. Um, I can't go out and sell a program because I don't yet have a website or I don't yet have a sales page or I don't yet have headshots or whatever it might be. And the reality is, is that there are no rules and you can go out and do anything you want. You don't have to have a website yet to be in business. You don't have to have a logo to be professional. I'm not saying those things aren't good, but what I am saying is uh, it, it don't let things get in your way unnecessarily. Just jump in, move forward, and recognize that along the way, you're going to make mistakes because there isn't a person out there who hasn't made mistakes in their business. But most of the time, the, um, the action taking is going to yield very positive stuff, um, rather than the hesitancy of that perfectionism. Um, so that's kind of the, one of the number one fears that I see people have. I also see a lot of, um, you know, fear of acceptance, right? Uh, this per, you know, people aren't going to think that I'm as good as someone else. People aren't going to think that I, um, that I'm capable of this because I'm uh, too young, too old, uh, too fat, too thin, right? I mean, we all, um, we all can come up with a million reasons in our head why something isn't going to work. And the reality is, is that usually things work because you've tried it and then it worked a little bit and you've retooled. And then you've tried it again, and then you've retooled. And then you've tried it again, and then you've retooled. And usually it's those people that have the overnight successes that have been retooling something for 20 years, right? And so just get out there and do your thing and do it as well as you can and get help along the way, you know? It's a lot of fun to be able to talk with business owners who've been in business a long time because we all discuss that, that overnight success, when things finally start working for you and people are like, how did you get here? What was the idea? It's like they try to boil it down that it was a single action, a single activity, a single program that got you where you are. And it's like, no, I just became known for that. Example, I've run 15 different online courses. I have run total 385 different classes online. And then all of a sudden, I had an explosion when um, 2020 hit and I had all kinds of people sign up for things and people thought it was an overnight success. And it's like, no, I've been, I've been doing this since 2007 when I used to have a camera strapped to my computer. You know, it was one of those type of things. So right. I agree with you when you start doing that. And I also want to talk about building something on the fly. There's a rule in ac academies and in universities like myself as university professors, and that is always, always, you only need to stay one chapter ahead of your students. And so you only need to be building one 
page or one piece of content or one class ahead. And so this, uh, all of it has, the whole course has to be done before I offer it is kind of bogus. I have built so many courses while my students were going through the content. So talk to us a little bit about how that perfectionism uh, really hampers people's ability to make cash. Well, I absolutely love what you just said, because it's so true. People will say, well, I have to have a whole course created before I can, you know, step forward and offer it. No, 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 you do not. What you can do is you can sell it and you can say, and I'm going to start delivering it. I'm going to sell it for this week. And then I'm going to start delivering it the following week. And guess what you're doing that week? You're building it. I mean, it's it's not that you can... Um, it's not that you can just go out willy-nilly and uh, ask for people's money without having a, a clear idea of what you're delivering to them. Because the reality is, is that if you can't, if you can't tell them what the value is that they are going to receive for the whatever it is they're investing, then you're probably not going to sell anything, right? But if but you don't need something already created in order to sell the value of it. Um, and, and so recognizing that, that you can say, you know what, this is the course I intend to offer and these are the pieces of it. And if you want in on it, now's the best opportunity. You can totally do that. And then maybe you'll be in a position that, okay, now it's a, a rinse repeat situation and either you can sell it as a packaged course or you can redo the course, but you've got a lot of the materials again that's all good. But the concept of, oh, if I don't have the perfect things in place, I mean, that's just, you're shooting yourself in the foot and, and getting out there and getting people to invest not only shows you that people are willing to invest, but it helps you get some cash flow to, to maybe get support with the, the development of the course so that you can not be doing everything yourself. And I think that's part of it, right? You're not doing everything yourself. When you start off as a solopreneur, yes, you are doing everything. But then you get a little bit of money and then you start hiring out and you hire out a little more and you hire out a little more. And then eventually you find out that you're heading, you know, seven or eight teams of people. So talk to us a little bit about the differences between community and leadership, because some people get that confused. They think they have a huge following. They have a huge community. Therefore they're a leader when in actuality, mm, that's not quite right. So talk to us about your perspective on that, that you, especially because you bring it up in your book. That's what I love about it. Yeah. So, um, so I'll, first I'll talk about community, um, which I think as an entrepreneur is so important and I think it's probably true for men and women, but having never been a man, I can't a hundred percent say that. Um, but I know for me as a female, um, who is, I'm also really extroverted, right? So my communities are extremely important to me. And when I, you know, there are times where I need validation. There are times where I need to say someone, you know, Suzanne, don't give up. You're, you're on the right track you just need to retool something, right? Um, there are times where, I, I mean, I just launched my book and I knew that I could do everything and, you know, in terms of getting the word out, but if I didn't ask for my community's help in getting the word out, it would not have reached enough people for me to achieve the goals that I wanted to achieve in terms of 
you know, sales and, and attention and all that. Right. So there are so many different, um, important things about a community, particularly as an entrepreneur, that if you don't have entrepreneurial communities around you, I think you're going to really suffer and you're going to really struggle. Um, Leadership, I believe, is very, very different, right? So leadership is not, oh, look, I have 3,000 people following me on my Facebook page. Um, Leadership, to me, is about what people get when they follow your work, when they listen to your advice, when they, um, when they connect with you as someone who can help them. Because to me, leadership is not about the leader. It's about what that person delivers to the people following the leader. Um, whether that is in terms of, you know, as, as an entrepreneur, that's about their success, right? The, the, the followers success. Um, and in, in business in corporate environments, I believe that's about how those under the leader develop. Um, because I, I, when I was younger, I used to think that leadership being a leader was getting involved in things, right? Like when I was in high school, I was a cheerleader and I was the editor of the school newspaper and I was in the drama stuff. And, and I thought I was a leader because I did those things. But really I realized I became a leader when I started to create value for other people and helped them to create value for themselves and for other people. That's to me what leadership really is. And that kind of comes through in your book. Hang on tight. Um, I like the fact that you have the roller coaster on there. Enjoy the roller coaster ride because here we go. Um, talk to us a little bit about what you feel are the personal attributes for entrepreneurs, for people who are about ready to embrace this whole crazy game, this wonderful, I think it's a wonderful ride, but you better enjoy the circus, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, I think. Um, I think in terms of personal attributes, the best thing you can be uh, is resilient uh, and also, um, you know, accepting of yourself, right? Accepting of the fact that at times there's going to be failure, at times things are going to be difficult. Um, And so I I definitely think that, but I, I think what's really important is there are so many people out there who are trying to convince other people in one way or another that they should be entrepreneurs. Um, and they're talking about it like it's such an easy thing to do, right? Whether it's join this um, network marketing company, not that I have anything against network marketing companies, but um, I don't care if you're in one of those. I don't care if you create your own widget. I don't care if you are you know, doing professional services that you were really good at in corporate. And now you're saying, oh, I'm going to do this as an independent consultant. And suddenly you're like, oh, hmm, I have to find clients. You know, Um, there, there will be ups and downs to that process. There will be challenges and don't be fooled into believing there won't be. Because even if your first three years are fabulous, I'm telling you, 
there's going to come a time where it's not. And if you aren't grounded in what you're doing and you aren't, you know, you don't have a certain amount of self-confidence, you don't have people around you who are willing to say, oh my gosh, the same thing happened to me. You're going to be okay. It's a tough ride. It's a tough ride. So tell us, since, you know, you have your own experiences with all this, tell us a little bit about what motivated you to write the book then, you know, is, uh, what was, what was that trigger? Cause not everybody is like, Oh, I'm going to wake up today. I'm going to write a book about everything that's happened to me. You know, that's not really, you know, the go-to. Right. Right. So, um, I, about five, five and a half years ago, I, um, you know, I heard some stuff about writing a business book. It, it was one of those things where it came to me in several directions, right? And uh, and I was like, yeah, so I got to write, I got to write a book. And I started one. And of course, I was completely convinced that I would go the self-publishing route. And I was, you know, all about that. And I probably got 70 to 80% into a solid first draft, and then somebody offered me an opportunity to do something else. And I let myself get sidetracked and I kept telling myself to come back to this and guess what happened? I didn't, right? I, I let a lot of other things get in the way and I, I did not focus on it. So just about a year ago, so, you know, end of August, uh, 2020, early September, I thought, well, Suze, you're not going anywhere. You got no social life because everyone's hiding in their houses, right? I call, I called it hiding in our hidey holes. Um, perhaps now is the time to take those files back out of Dropbox and see what you have and if it's time to get going on it again. And so once my kids went back to school, I did just that. I pulled them out and I said, okay, wh- what do I have here? And I read what I had and I was like, yeah, this is totally not the book I want to write. So I scrapped it. And I sat down and I started outlining the one I did want to write, which was much more mindset oriented, much more heartfelt, uh, much less a manual and more of um, uh, more of a story um, that that helped that that or I should say a collection of stories that I hope will really help people um learn from different experiences that i've had and integrate those teachings into their own experiences um and this time i connected with a friend who's uh an independent publisher and i i joined a cohort that she was running um and that made all the difference for me because i had again that community of women around me who were helping me who, you know, when I was like, I can't believe I have more edits or, you know, whatever the case may be, um, or, or feeling the fraud factor, right. They helped me through it. And, um, and now here I am and I have a published book and I guarantee it's not the only one I'm writing. So. It's one of those things that when you actually do get into your community, you feel the power of it. And as writers, I always like to share with folks, it's very solitary. You know, a lot of what we do is solitary. However, it's wonderful when you know that in two weeks time, you're going to be reading this chapter to people who will be giving you advice 
on how to make it better, how to help with your storytelling, how to be more linear in your thought process, or how to be more verbose without just adding words. You know, you need to get more descriptors. So yes, there's always a benefit to uh, being a part of a writing group after you've done the solitary work that's required. So tell us a little bit about your own journey when it comes to being an entrepreneur. You started off working for corporate America and decided to drop out. What was the impetus for that? Well, actually I had wanted to leave corporate America for a long time. Um, and I had intended to, and then the economy was kind of tanking. Uh, this was back in 2008. And I ended up sticking with it. Cause I was like, well, I don't want to leave a good job now kind of thing. Right. Um, but a few years later, the CEO of the company I was working for and a man I was directly uh, reporting to got let go. And so did many of the people who worked for him, including myself. And at the time, my boys were one and three, I think. And my husband said, well, you've always wanted your own business. So I, maybe now's the time. And once I got things going, um, I started a virtual assistant business and I really hustled in that business. Um, and it was a great business for me in many ways, but um, I burned out big time. So over a few years into it, I kind of transitioned into coaching, which is what I knew in my heart I wanted to do all along, but I felt I couldn't do it because I hadn't run my own successful business already. And I thought, well, how can I coach people on running a business if I haven't done it myself? So, um, so gradually I morphed out of the virtual assistant business and into, uh, full-on coaching. And I really, I've loved it. Absolutely loved it. It's, um, it's so rewarding. And that's one of the things, if you're not happy with your business, if you don't like what you're doing, get out because you've got to have a fire burning in the pit of your stomach uh, even during the really dark days that sometimes can happen with entrepreneurs and solopreneurs, uh, the, way, the way that you get out of it is you make the decision, no, this is what I'm going to do. And this is how it's going to happen. And I will find a way to make the bills, right? I will Absolutely. find a way to pay my people, right? So thank you so much for being with us. Any way that, how do you want people to find you if they want to learn out more about you? Uh, well, they could certainly head to my website at suzannetmore.com. Or if they want to check out my book directly, they can go to hangontightbook.com. And this is Suzanne T. Moore. She is the author and business owner of Hang On Tight, Learn to Love the Roller Coaster of Entrepreneurship. And she has a lot of wisdom in between those pages. I've enjoyed reading the contents of it. I really enjoy how she talks about leadership and mainly because as a solopreneur or entrepreneur, that's what you need. Thanks so much for being with us today on the show. And this is Janine Bolin with The Thriving Solopreneur, and we broadcast every Friday. Starting October 3rd, we will be broadcasting on KHNC, and our schedule will change to Sundays at noon. We will be broadcast then on three different radio stations, on four different states, on 42 different platforms. So you will see a shift in our scheduling. Please stick with us and we will guide you through how to find us in the future. And this is Janine Bolin. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Thriving Solopreneur Show. We hope you found this episode helpful and uplifting. 
be sure to visit us at janinebolin.com forward slash podcast, where you'll find a library of videos, books, and podcast programs to guide you to the future you envision for yourself. We also ask that you visit our sponsor, the8gates.com, for the books and online courses that share with you the debt-free living lifestyle that allows business owners like yourself to flourish. Have a great day and see you next time.